Are you looking for an accounting firm equipped to handle all of your accounting, taxation, and consulting services, but small enough to offer personalized service at a reasonable price? Well, ARS and Associates knows that selecting an accounting firm is an important decision for any individual or business. With over 35 years of experience, they have one goal in mind, to provide the highest level of professional service possible. ARS and Associates specialize in individual, corporate, bookkeeping, payroll, professional athlete, and nonprofit accounting. They also offer specialty service to cater to the unique needs of their clients. Call today for a free consultation at 305-653-7350 or visit their website at www.arsaccounting.com. Mention the fish tank on the phone or by email to get your first month of payroll services free. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. Dolphins, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk. Welcome I'm to The Fish, fish tank. tank, Dolphins Tales from the Deep, my name is Seth Levitt, and I am here with the man, none other than OJ McDuffie, number 81 in Dolphins history, and probably one of the most popular players that ever put on the Aqua There you go, there you go. What's happening, Juice? What's up, Big Seth? Man, just excited to be here in the tank. To tell some of these incredible stories and to give these listeners something that they can't get anywhere else. I know that's right, Seth. Before we get too deep into the stories, though, yeah. how about a big shout out to Solo D? Man, Solo D, Solo in the it. intro, huh? Absolutely. You know, we was... know we know what he means in South Florida sports world and the Absolutely. music world, man. And uh, it was an honor to have him uh, do our intro and outro for us for the show. And uh, he's he's pumped like we're pumped. And we always love what you know Miami sports music does, what they do in the in the industry. And uh, man, what a what a great way to start the show off! Yeah, they crushed it. We're really, like you said, just honored to have them. And what I love is, you know, we were talking about what we do for an intro. Juice was like, "We need to call Solo," Absolutely. and within ten minutes, he had him on the phone. Right. So I know what that call from eighty one means. Well, you know what, Solo, man, he he loves the Dolphins and uh, huge you know, fan, and he, he loves South Florida sports. Absolutely, and, uh, we love that he's going to be diving in with us on on his, on his he's program. He's Fish Tank family now, no doubt about. It. But yeah, we we could not be more excited for what the Fish Tank is going to be about. And and again, this is not your average sports show for Dolphins talk. No, it's not. It's not. If you want, you know, the, the yards per carry or you want to know about the roster bonuses and, you know, things like that, who's who's going to be returning kicks, you know, they can find that on our network. Seth. They definitely can. You know, the three yards per carry guys here on the Five Reasons Sports Network do an incredible job with that. I mean, those guys, I, I couldn't be more impressed right. with the information that they have, the volumes of information. But that's not what this show is. No, no, no. We're going to take some stories from players on and off the field, uh, some in their personal lives, some some things that you might have seen on the field and some things might have happened in the locker room. Yeah. We're going to keep it clean for the most part. but For the I most part. Going to be some interesting stuff. We know a lot of stories that never got told. Never got told. And with this guest list that you have <laughs> lined up, I, I can only imagine what's going to come out. Probably some stuff that we don't even expect, which is going to be the most fun. That's going to be the most fun because when, when it uh, when it surprises us, and you know, we we've got our our mouths yeah. wide open after somebody. And says that's hard up, to do. That's going to be the fun part of the it, show. It is. And, and and with that, you know, I could sit here and tell OJ McDuffie stories for days upon days, if not upon months. Probably some that you don't necessarily want to no, bring out here in the tank, no. at least not yet, not till we get warmed up a little bit. <laughs> but I was saying, well, what can we do to kick this thing off, to share something with folks that, that they haven't heard before? And given that training camp is right around the corner, Juice, I think people would love to hear about your first experiences in Miami. Here you are, number one draft pick by the team. I'm assuming that this is the goal. This was the dream for you as a high school football player, youth football player, 
go through Penn State, and here you are about to start your career. Talk about what it was like. You're flying down to Miami. What was that experience like? Well, you'd think it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would think that. You know, first of all, I'm coming from Ohio slash Pennsylvania, coming to South Florida. It's April. Still a little cold up there. I mean, there might have been a little snow on the ground. Right. Still, still in, in Ohio, Ohio for sure. You know, even in, even in April. Uh, so I'm coming down here. I'm excited. Of course, I'm playing for you know, the Miami Dolphins and I'm a wide receiver playing with Dan Marino. I mean, you couldn't have a better. better situation than that. Flying into Fort Lauderdale had a little bit of a snag, Seth. I had a big snag, actually. My luggage didn't make it with me. So I'm in like a Penn State sweatsuit on the flight, you know, because okay. it was a little cold coming in. Repping you know? Penn so, State, I love yeah, it. Always repping Penn State in the airport. I had the rep. And even to this day, I represent Penn State or Miami Dolphins in the airport. That's how I travel. I want people to know, you know, the colors I rep. Put them on you know, notice. No doubt about it. So needless to say, my, my luggage didn't get in in time. So I'm sitting there, as everybody else does, waiting at the belt, waiting for your luggage to come through. Mine doesn't come through. It so, is the worst so feeling. You got to go to that little office, you know, off to the side of the baggage claim area. By the way, that office <laughs> needs to be bigger. It as does. much as they lose luggage up in there, they, they need to make <laughs> that office does. bigger. It does. I hope it's gotten better since then. I don't I'm think pretty it sure has. it has. So I go in the office. They have no answer for me, obviously. They never really do, but they'll find a way to get my luggage and get it to me. I have no residence at this point either, so I don't even know where to send the luggage to. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a matter of Send it to this. Dan. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I leave the airport. I get picked up by Stu Weinstein, the head of security for the Miami Dolphins. A dolphin the, legend the, in his own right. Absolutely. The go-to guy. Yeah. I call Stu the go-to guy. For anything you need in South Florida, he's the guy to go to. You know. So Stu picks me up, and I tell him about my luggage situation. He said, that's okay, because we have a banquet tonight, you know, and this this one formal store is providing, you know, outfits for certain people. I'm like, oh, okay. A formal banquet. I thought it was formal banquet. <laughs> Stu apparently did, too. Stu obviously got it a little bit wrong, because I go there, you know, and I get fitted for a tuxedo. It was a nice tuxedo, you know, black and white. And I got this tuxedo, Seth, and right after that, I had to go do a photo shoot on so the you're beach. Gonna look, oh, wait, uh, a tuxedo yeah. on the beach? <laughs> yeah, it's in South Florida in Yikes. April blazing hot me and a big old cup of orange juice you know is this the dolphin digest cover absolutely i I actually remember this it is yeah that's a classic shot so i did i did the photo shoot first in the tuxedo in the tuxedo on the afternoon sweating to death no i'm not in ohio anymore luggage obviously still hasn't come yet you know, and I, you know, I had one suit anyway, and it was the. the You're saying the you only suit. owned one. I only suit. had one suit. Right, a college kid, that makes That's sense. That's right. I only had the one suit, anyways, and it didn't make it on time. You know, if you have your own suit, you know, and you go to a banquet, you know, you decide if it's a, is it, you know, you need to wear a tie. Do you just wear a jacket, slacks, just slacks and a shirt? What do you wear? Well, in a tuxedo, you really pretty much got to go the whole nine. You <laughs> it's all do the whole, in yeah. the whole thing, right? So I've got this tuxedo on. I'm thinking this is what everybody's wearing that night. Stu yeah. picks me up again. He doesn't have a tuxedo on. I'm like, you know what? What's Stu wearing? He's got regular polo shirt, polo and slacks. <laughs> Something's up, you know. And I was Something like, All right, well, up. you know what though? He's he's the head of security. Maybe that's how they roll down here. I go to the banquet. Nobody's in a tuxedo. Oh man, absolutely nobody's in a tuxedo. Everybody's like, this some guys didn't even have a jacket on. They had like, you know, a long sleeve button up with slacks. You know, some guys had a jacket and slacks, no, you know, no tie. What about the guests? Were the guests in tuxedos? No. Nobody? Nope. <laughs> not, not even, I don't even think the people that were, I don't think the waitress or the waiters were wearing tuxedos. The maitre d's not I might have been the only one. Oh. I, I, I was the only one. Up. I was the only one wearing a tuxedo he set you up. for this banquet. And, you know, as a rookie, you know, you want to dress to impress. Of course. You, know, you want to be sharp. You know, I'm thinking I'm dressed to impress. I'm, you know, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show these guys that I, I belong here. But you got like sand in your shoes, man. It was, it was, uh, it was, and I'm still, 
still a little sweaty. You know what I mean? It was hot out there. Yeah, hopefully the deodorant. Nobody told me anything about my deodorant situation, but I'm pretty Let's sure hope for it was the best. okay. Yeah. But uh, so I go in a banquet and, you know, in those banquets, you know, certain guys, not everybody gets to talk on the mic. Sometimes the most valuable players, or, sure. but they all, they had all the rookies get up there and they only had me as a, the first round pick. Get up there and you got speak. up and spoke on behalf of the rookie class. How of course. Right, you know, number one guy. In a tuxedo in a tu- with, with everybody else sitting there, you know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> we're, you were we're, not hiding in that tuxedo. No, you had no, no way, shot. No way you could. And of course, the veterans, they started on me right away. Merciless. They always do. And, and you know, as a when I became a veteran, I did the same thing because that's what veterans are supposed to do. It's a rite of passage. You know, it's 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 nice. It's not like they they were completely cruel to me. But at the same time, though, they were letting me know, like, you know, this is how it's going to be, Rook. You know, and so, you know, I'm looking around, obviously, knowing I'm overdressed for the occasion, you know, or they <laughs> were so great. Or I could look at it. They were underdressed for the occasion. Did you take that approach? No, I no, did. You I knew. definitely. <laughs> you because when Lewis Oliver, you know, oh, is, is giving, me, <laughs> giving me the business and, 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 and Jarvis Williams, got rest. Those guys, they really gave me a hard time. When the defensive guys don't play. They never stop. Yeah. That's the fun part about, you know, being an offensive guy that had a defensive mindset. You know, those guys from that day on, they, they, they gave me a hard time. And, of course, you know, one trade, Dan Marino. He gave me. Danny got in on he you. He got in on me, man. So uh, I, I learned right away, you know, that. First of all, you you know you learn to dress for the occasion, and uh, whenever you got Dan Marino as your quarterback, you know you got to make sure that you know he's he's on board with you and, and not clowning you. Yeah, you don't want Danny clowning you. But so speaking of that, and obviously it sounds like that's your first experience meeting with Dan. But what was that like? How did that relationship develop early on? Uh, I, I'm sure there had to be some great stories. Oh, there were. I mean, right away though. I mean, you had to realize that Danny and I weren't going to get along from the beginning. For one, why is he's, that? he's a pit guy. Okay. I'm a Penn State guy. Ah, I see. No, no love lost between the, the two schools. Sure. And know? then the Pittsburgh, Ohio thing, I imagine. Always. And he's right on the border, right? He's yeah. a Western Pennsylvania guy. So he, he could have really been right across the, the street and be in Ohio. He does not want you to say that. No, he, he does not want me to say that. And he's you know, we, the bird. And we don't we don't want him. We don't want him. <laughs> we like our Ohioans, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh Danny right away was like we had a we had a problem right away from that from the tuxedo situation yeah. to the Pitt Penn State situation. And then on top of that, Seth, he'd heard rumors and rumblings around the locker room, and I don't know where they came from, mm-hmm. that he heard I could throw the ball, you know, football 70 yards. So hold on. Let's back up on that. Is that something that came out during the draft? Like how how did – and can you really throw the ball 70 yards? Actually, I, I, I could. You could? Okay. Yeah, could was, you really throw yeah, it? I, I could throw it 70 yards. And I don't know where it came out, but I know, you know, we were out there, you know, during some of the training camp. Okay. Um. Actually, some OTAs, not OTAs, there weren't OTAs back then. They were mini camps back then. During the mini camps, just throwing the rock around. And Got I, it. You know, I, could, I knew I could throw it a long way, and I could throw a nice tight spiral, and I just couldn't play quarterback. So know? 13 had some spies out there. You know he did. Okay. I mean, I mean, he probably still does have a few out there. Well, he should now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, And so, uh, so 13 comes up to me, and he's like, um, I heard you could throw the ball 70 yards. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I can and he's like, no way. He said, bro, I can't even throw it 70 yards. I said, but yeah, but I can, though. Well, so Danny said he can't he throw it 70 he yards. Throw. He said he maxed out about 60. That blows my mind in and of itself, yeah. and for two reasons. One, that he can't throw it, right? Because anybody who's watched Dan Marino play, in your mind, he could throw it 100, right? And that, maybe Easily. that's just the magic Easily. and mystique of Dan. But the fact that he told you that, and he barely even knew you, because... Danny never lacked in confidence. Correct. And that's probably why he felt I couldn't do it either. So he wanted to call you out. You know, I'm, I'm, he's, you know he's 6'5", all-pro quarterback, multiple times. He's Dan he's Dan Marino. Marino. Right. Right? And he heard that I could throw it that far. I'm like, I, I, I can. You see, Danny had a baseball background 
like I have a baseball background, but yep. you know, it has nothing to do with football. <laughs> you know, Not a thing. But we should both be able to throw the ball for distance. You know, sure. I play center field, or, you know, throw a couple people out if I had to. But uh, so he said, yeah. So I, he said, well, you know what? I bet you $1,000 you can't throw it 70 yards. Oh, it was gut check time. He it put was, up a it grand just, just like that. gut check time. It was wallet check, bank account <laughs> check. It was all the checks going right Now, have there. you signed your contract yet? Not a, not a dime in my, in my account yet. You know, people don't realize this. They think the number one pick, and especially nowadays they watch the draft, and the guys are walking across the stage in the fancy suits and the whole deal. Right. You haven't received a dime, not hopefully. A, not a dime yet. You know, I haven't had to sign a waiver. I had to have some protection through minicamp, so I didn't get. if I got hurt, I could find a way to still make some money. So I had no money in my pocket yet. Thank goodness the Dolphins were putting me up and driving me around at minicamp. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do, Seth? Yeah. You know, do I get punked by Danny? Well, you can't. Knowing I can throw it 70 yards, or do I go out there, do I, do I take this bet, you know, and go out there and prove myself? What'd you do? I, I took the bet. <laughs> took I the knew bet. I, I knew I could throw it 70 yards. You were confident. I knew I could throw it 70 yards. Okay. You know, I've done it. I've, I've done it recently. So only thing that could hurt me is throwing into the wind could possibly be the only thing that could hurt me, right? Okay. And so uh, one day after practice, you know, sure enough, Danny challenged me on whether I could throw it 70 yards. And I said, yeah, absolutely. He tried to catch me when I was tired, I think, too. Seth, Did which he? Is, I think so. Well, it was so it was after practice. Yeah, I think he tried to catch me, you know, coming from Pennsylvania, Ohio. It's, you know, still, you know, a little chilly out there. So yeah. after exhausting heat. Sent you on a few more deep routes than he should have during practice. Right. You yeah. know, I, I shouldn't have been at my best at that point. But actually, you know, I go out there and I throw it about 73, 75 yards. And Danny was in awe. I couldn't believe wow. it. Now, first of all, this is. This is great for me. You know, the respect I'm going to get from that alone, from Dan Marino, the Dan Marino. It's immediate you know, street cred. It, it worked out great for me, man. So, obviously, like I said, I took the bet, threw it 73, 75 yards, somewhere in there. How did he react? He was in awe. He really was. He said, bro, that's when I found out he couldn't throw it over 70-something yards. Yeah. Like, really, he's like, I maxed out, you know, around 60, 65, but he can throw it on a rope. And he, he can throw it on a rope, and he can find the right guy. Oh and, hey, through a window. He can throw it through quick. a window real, real easily, you know. But I, I, I can beat him in the distance. So, all right. So I'm like thinking, wow, okay, I got I got $1,000 come from Danny. I was thinking, like, is he going to peel it off right now? So that's what I want to know. Is right. How, I mean, you're on the field. I'm, right. I, I would hope he doesn't have $1,000 on him on the practice field, but no. I guess stranger things He's probably things got his locker, though, or somewhere, right? Yeah, well, all maybe. Right. So this is the morning practice, right? So we, we, you know, the bet goes on, you know, and then training camp, you know, you've got meetings, practice, meetings, lunch, meetings, practice, meetings, you know. So and you all you're all thinking about is $1,000. Think about my $1,000, man. So – I didn't get it at lunch. I didn't get it at the next meeting. You know, we had practice again. Then we had another <laughs> meeting. I think a whole day went by until we got to a whole team meeting. Now, usually, you know, in practice, you know, offense meets over here, defense meets in a different room, or wide receivers meet by themselves. Quarterbacks might meet with them or, you know, just position stuff. He waited until the whole team was in there the following night. No kidding. Got in front of the whole team and peeled off 10 $100 bills to me. All hundreds. In front of the whole team. Wow. So I was like, man, this is this is great. Yeah. This is great. Well, that's man. the cred you're looking for. That was great. I, I won that thousand dollars off. Worst part about that was all the other receivers saw me get that money. And the veterans, mm. they, they they pretty much took all that. You didn't spend a dime no, on I yourself. Didn't, I still didn't have a dime in my pocket. That makes me think that it was one of them. It was one of those veteran that, wide receivers <laughs> that said, Hey Danny, yeah, Rook can throw it. Cause they, they already had your money spent. Right. Yeah. And see, here's the thing about it. They couldn't get it directly from Danny, but they can get it through me. From you had Danny. no shot at that. But point. I don't know how they knew Danny was going to offer up a lot of money on that situation. Man. 
knowing those guys, yeah. now, who are the, let's talk about who are the veterans. Urban at the time. Fryer. Okay. Uh, Mark Ingram. Okay. Tony Martin. Love these names. Uh, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. Uh, Freddie Banks. So this crew, know, this crew, I'm guessing that this crew probably thought Danny was going to spend more than a grand. That's right. They're probably yeah. disappointed he didn't put 10 G's on it. Well, you know, I, I would have. He would have pumped me on 10 G's. <laughs> I would have never. I, I would have. Because you know what? That was what, Dan's mistake. That is that. That's that. The bet, you know, the, the toughest bet for a guy to take is the one that they're real insecure about. You know, so if it would have been 10 grand, even knowing that I can throw it that far, that's mm-hmm. when I might flub up a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And throw it 68. Having to spend that 10 grand. Yeah, exactly right. So, sure. Uh, so I, didn't, I would have never taken that bet. So he should have made bet me high enough to make me nervous about it. But that he didn't. About that that was his mistake. A grand was cool for me. Now, I, a I year later on the back of the plane, if you guys are playing gut, we will, well, that'll be another story yeah. for another day. <laughs> I bet you got a little bit more courage, though, in that betting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've I mean, seen what, it. Well, plus, I had a little money in my pocket at that point, It too. doesn't so hurt. It changes everything. It doesn't that hurt. Point. That's an unbelievable story. Yeah. So me and Danny, we've been cool ever since. That was the bottom line. After I made that, made that happen. Also, I became like a, a, a times third string quarterback because of that. Oh, I got sure. Never played quarterback in my life. I never played quarterback in my life. But in the NFL, I was a third string quarterback for a few games. Well, I figured they would be drawing up some plays. Or uh, who was the offensive coordinator at the time? Well, at that time, it was Gary Stevens. Oh, so Gary wasn't changing his play. No, 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 no. He was. There was no. There was no spread option. Yeah. There was no. He wasn't worried not, not about a lot. We that. ran some shotgun, but most of the time we were under center. I would never be under center. First of all, at five ten, and all my linemen are six three, four, five. Yeah, there's no, there no window of opportunity for a guy my size. That would have been rough. Were they listening to you at five ten in the program though? I, well, I hope they were. Okay. Five ten. Some, I call it five ten and some change. Some change. But they don't want to give my change. They weren't giving. <laughs> <laughs> Danny gave it a change though. He, he told did. you to keep it. Big that's change. that's a fantastic story. A thousand dollar bet. I love that he got in front of the whole team though and did that. I, I appreciate and that. Shows that, you man. that he appreciated what you did. Yeah, yeah. It, it was big, man. I think that it, it showed a lot to the younger guys. You know, the veterans knew Danny already. You know, they knew a type of person and personality. You know, I think it was good for the rookies to see it as well at that point because you don't get a chance to interact with everybody. But he sure. showed a lot of uh, as a teammate, you know, sportsmanship and, you know, a man owning up to a bet. That was it was great for everybody. involved. This is the Five Reasons Sports Network, sports by Miami for Miami on demand. We now have 10 podcasts in the network posting roughly 15 times per week. All can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and several cross-platform apps. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Here's some of what you missed last week on Miami Heat Beat. Are we a Tyler Johnson away? Are we a Hassan? I can't even do that to you. I'm sorry. Breaking news. The Cavs are in shambles. <laughs> if you want to get involved as a sponsor or contributor, reach out to us at number 5 Reason Sports on Twitter. And be sure to punch five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe. Good design is good business, but great design can be a game changer. Whether you need a new company logo, dynamic presentation decks, or want to bring a Winwood-style mural to your corporate office or event, Thunderous Genius will exceed all of your expectations. The Thunderous team has worked with your favorite sports franchises, athletes, and entertainers, and can't wait to bring that perfect blend of creativity and structure to you as well. So contact them at thunderousgenius.com. Say that the fish tank sent you and receive a 50% discount off your first project. Half off! So what are you waiting for? It's time to get Thunderous. And now, on to the show. Well, it's a much better welcome to Miami than it losing changed. your luggage. It changed real fast. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? Oh, the tux was a rental, so the tux it went, went back. back anyway. Yeah, it, it, should be, it should be framed by now, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, <laughs> man. I love it. That's a great, great story. I, I got to say that uh, 
my first few days in Miami weren't quite as exciting. Yeah, as I, yours. I was wondering, like, when you came to South Florida, you know, it had to be a little different than my my, my first days down here in South for, Florida for so many reasons. <laughs> I, I did not get invited to the banquet. I did not get to get up and speak in front of the team, and there, I, I can't throw the ball seventy yards either. But uh, well, I was a South Florida kid, so I didn't have to mess with the with the airport on that deal. But uh, interestingly enough, I had just come off of an internship with the Cleveland Cavaliers, so it's the, the Cleveland connection is Cleveland. Funny. Grew up in South Florida, but went all the way to Cleveland, worked with the Cavs, and actually, and that was in '95. And the Dolphins came up to Ohio, Cincinnati. It's a game you might remember in '95 because. I do. Uh, for whatever reason, the Bengals uh, had the upper hand going into the fourth quarter there, but Danny hit you with like a minute plus left in the game, and you caught the winning touchdown. So it's kind of crazy that we're having this conversation. Oh, it's so great being back in Ohio, man. Yeah, getting that, getting that. I had a lot of old teammates. I high sat school with and, them all. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I, I sat with everybody. I, you know, my boss from the Cavs called Harvey Green, the legendary PR director from from the Dolphins, and. And Harvey says, oh, he doesn't have to buy tickets. I'll give him a couple tickets in our section. I said, this is unbelievable. I drive four hours from Cleveland to Cincinnati, and I look at, I look at my tickets, yeah. and I just start climbing yeah. and climbing. My back was literally on the end. I looked over the stadium, and I could see the ground. So I, was, I had the last <laughs> row, but I was in the stadium, and it was a really cool Shula experience. versus Shula. It was the Shula Bowl. It yep. absolutely was the Shula Bowl. And uh, and you ruined it for Dave, but uh, and I'm glad you did. Well, coach is undefeated. My coach is undefeated against him. I couldn't let that change. Yeah, I mean, you know, fathers always got to let son know. Right. But so so I went to that game and I finished out my season in Cleveland. But I found out late in, in the the Cavs season that I did get the internship with the Dolphins, and I couldn't wait to come home and work for for the Dolphins. It really was my goal professionally. And some guys that I played pickup basketball with in Cleveland were, hey, what are you doing? How long are you going to be here? You're going to Miami. And one of these guys, his name was Rob Brown. And he says, you're going to the Dolphins? He says, my homeboy from high school plays for the Dolphins. I said, really? Who is it? He says, O.J. McDuffie. I go, you know O.J. McDuffie? He goes, that's my dude. He goes, when you get to Miami, he goes, I, I go, come on. And he says, no, when you get to Miami, you tell him Rob Brown says, what's up? Yep. I said, okay. And I filed that away. And I drive down and, you know, uh, head off over to 7500 Southwest 30th for my first day and I'm all buttoned up and I can't believe that I'm walking in those doors and, and I'm part of the team now. And I go up to the office and, and Harvey now, who had gotten me those tickets, he's now my boss. And, you know, Harvey's a character and he sits me down on day one. And I said, OK, Harvey, what do you need me to do? He goes, well, let me explain something to you how this works. He says, I'm the PR. I'm the PR director for Jimmy and Danny. <laughs> and then we had a guy by the name of Mike Hansen, who, you know, also Mike, rest in peace, a great guy who I learned yeah. a lot from. He was the number two guy there. And he says, so I'm the PR director for Jimmy and Danny. Mike is a PR director for the rest of the starters. And whatever else is left, and he kind of waves his hands. He's like, whatever else is left out there, that's you're, you're their PR guy. I said, okay, great. I've got somebody, you know, whatever. And he, he was so dismissive. If you weren't a starter, you weren't Danny or Jimmy, then, then that was it. And so that's, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, is if you look at who the rest is, it was we drafted Zach Thomas. Right. Right. Well, you know, and then we end up a year later with with JT and with Sam. And, you know, you look at who those guys are, Larry Izzo and guys who really became popular in the core of the team. But those were the guys that initially became my guys. So I'm not supposed to talk to the veterans, but I go down in the back of my mind. I'm like, hey, Rob Brown <laughs> said, yeah, OJ. Got, yeah. like, Man, now, did he clown me? Did he set me up? And, and you were sitting, you had that corner locker. You had that corner locker and, there, you know, they've changed the way it looks in there now. Right. But it was all sectioned off and the receivers and, and, and the quarterbacks all were oh, in that Oh, that section. corner locker is another story in itself. That was prime real estate. Yeah, it was. And so I walked up and said, OJ, and you look, hey, what's up, man? And I shook, you know, put my hand out. You shook my hand. And I said, hey, my name's Seth. I'm the new, new intern in the PR department. And you didn't clown me, which was great. 
great. And I said, man, I was just working for the Cavs. And then, boom, you know, your eyes lit up. Cleveland, you know, I said the right Let's thing. Go. I said, look, I don't know if this is true. But I knew this cat, and I played ball with him, and Rob Brown. And you're like, oh, that's my Slurpee. guy. Slurpee. Slurpee, yeah. You hit him with the Slurpee. And I felt like that was my $1,000 moment. At that moment, I was like, okay, Juice is my guy now. He's going to treat me with some respect. And what's crazy in that locker room is if the right guy right. says you're okay, that's right. then all of a sudden you're okay with everybody. That's right. And that was big for me. That was yeah. big for me at that moment. So yeah, it's like a, you know, you get a veteran that takes you under your wing. You know, it happened. It, it happened. It happened for me. You know, and like you get a player. You know, and I don't know what kind. Of, at that point, I, I was starting, so it helped out a lot. You know, I wasn't. I was. I was one of Harvey's guys. You were one of Harvey's. No, guys? I wasn't one of Harvey's. Well, you were guy. one of handsome guys, guys, but you know, you, Harvey. I, I didn't have... really know that until just now. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I you wonder why Harvey him. wouldn't talk to you, huh? Yeah, man. He saw Jimmy and Danny. That was it. Unless you had, like, if you won the game, my guess is in Cincinnati, you were his guy. Right. You were For a second, winner. I was, right? Yeah, I know how that yeah, works. I know that works. Yeah. Man. So, actually, a funny story about that. So, right. So, I'm thinking, okay, he, these are my guys. And I start to make my friends. And, okay. And so, this is my guy here. And this is my guy there. And then he hands me one day an interview request. And it was for Jack Del Rio. If you remember, Jack, mm -hmm. veteran. He had been with Jimmy under Dallas. So, Jimmy brought him in to be the quarterback of his defense. Right. And uh, he says, hey, take Jack into the interview room, and he's got to call this guy and whatever. And I walk up to Jack, and I'm, I'm a little scared. It's, you know, because Jack at that point, I mean, Jack was in the tail end of his career. It was like North Dallas 40, Hold man. Hold on. Look, Absolutely. Yeah, holding on. Hold and on. he kind of looks, and he goes, yeah, well, let's just knock it out. And, and so we kind of wander into the interview room. Remember, he had to cut through the weight room at that time. <laughs> Go into the interview room, and I dial up and say, hi, I have Jack Del Rio. And he just grabs the phone out of my hand. And, and he's rubbing his hands through his hair, and he's like, he doesn't want to be there. And he's talking, he, he's giving an interview. And I'm just like, wow, this is the veteran in the NFL. I mean, he's grizzly. And, he, and then, like, the next week, Harvey says, hey, we got an interview request. We keep getting all these requests for Zach Thomas. I don't even know who he is. Fifth round pick. I don't know who he is. You know, and he goes, see if you can find Zach Thomas. He goes, I, I think he's short and I think he's white. That's what <laughs> Harvey says to me. I'm like, well, we got two of those guys, right? right? So it was him and Izzo. And so I bring Zach in and he's all excited and he knows, you know, it's some hometown Lubbock, Texas guy. And he goes and gives an interview and Zach doesn't even throw on a shirt. You know, he's just got his grays on. His ankles are still taped and he wanders through barefoot and he does his interview and the whole deal. Then two days later, they cut Jack Del Rio. Zach becomes a starter. I'm not his guy anymore. Right, you're gone. That's it. I'm done. It's like, you know, <laughs> Hanson, if I'm talking you to him, guy over the immediately he became the Hanson. Then we play the first game. He knocks out Sean Jefferson on, like, the first series. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's a Harvey guy. That's right. That's it, man. Oh, so, he, so Harvey had Jimmy, Dan, and Oh, Zach he had a new point. star. Yeah, <laughs> Peter King calls and says he wants to talk to the new rookie linebacker. All of a sudden, he's Harvey's guy. Harvey's got an easy job. Man. Yeah. Well, you know what? He, he took some lumps, too. You but, have to. Uh, the stars. Yeah. For sure. And that was it. That was my intro. Like, wow, this is what it's like working for the team. And, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of just grew from there. And I made my own little mark and, and eventually got to talk to some starters and, and actually started to work with Dan every now and then, too, when, uh, when Harvey was busy with Yeah, Jimmy. I tell you what, Seth, man. I think both of our... You know, our, our trips and our stays down in South Florida, man, are, are what, what bonds us now. You no know, question. And it gives us an opportunity right now to come back and, and tell these stories from me on the field, from you behind the scenes a lot of times and, you know, through the PR department. A lot of great stuff out there, man. And you were, we work with a lot of great guys. We really did. We were really lucky. You know, uh, you hear some of the stories, and these are the kind of stories that you're going to hear when you dive into the fish tank with us all season long. Yeah, you just never know what you're going to hear, you know, with some of these guys. And we've got some funny ones. We've got some serious yeah. ones. Uh, we know a lot of different stories, and we are going. We can't wait for some of our, our great guests to, to tell them. I, I could not be more excited to do this show with you, Juice. I can't think of anybody better. 
all the years we sat out by your basketball court. And these are the kinds of stories we would tell. Yes. You know, guys would come off and we would relive the, <laughs> the now and the old days. And, and, you know, there was no filter no. at that point. And so we no. could hear all these stories. And what we're trying to do is remove that filter when you put on this podcast and you get to listen to this. We're trying to remove some of that filter for you. And so you can hear some of those stories as well. That's what it's all about. And yeah, some of those basketball stories, is this, there's oh, a lot to come. I, I, there's no question that we're going to have some <laughs> basketball stories. I have no idea why I was privileged enough to be a part of those because I did not belong on the court with you guys. Yeah, whatever. But man, oh man, I am glad that I was able to document all of it. No doubt about it. Well, looking forward to having everybody here in the fish tank all season long. I am Seth Levitt. He is absolutely OJ McDuffie, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for diving in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, never been that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's kind of never been that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank. Don't ever add a token, but to dive up in that fish tank. This week on the Five Reasons Podcast, to join for a wide-ranging, fun, and funny interview with Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. I remember growing up, you know, I used to stay in um, Lake and Sarah Apartments. Now they call it Crystal Lake. You know, this is in Kara City. I moved around a little bit, and I remember being at the park. And, um, you know, I got into it with this little kid, and he punched me in the mouth and ran and knocked my tooth out. And I, I couldn't find him. I was so pissed off I couldn't find him. He ran, he knocked my tooth out and ran. And I went home, and my dad... My tooth was knocked down. He saw me crying. He told me, if I don't come home, if I don't go outside and find that kid and kick his ass, if I come home, I'm going to get my ass whooped by him. I looked for that kid for three hours, and when I found him, I kicked his ass. Check out that interview and much more on the Five Reasons podcast available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 